The Book Nook on WYSO is presented by the Greene County Public Library with additional support from Clark County Public Library, Dayton Metro Library, Washington Centerville Public Library, and Wright Memorial Public Library. Hello, welcome to the Book Nook on WYSO. I'm Vic McCunis, and it's my pleasure to welcome to the program today Jennifer Hicks, and she joins us on the telephone in, uh, where are you? I'm in New Jersey. New Jersey. Yes. You, you are the co-author of a new book, just came out, called How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from the Moth. And uh, we have many listeners out there who listen to the Moth Radio Hour here on WYSO. So uh, this is pretty exciting to have you on the show. Well, I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. We probably have some listeners out there who don't know what the Moth is, though. So, so what, what is the Moth? Okay, short ta- take on the Moth. Well, at, a, at the core, we make space on a stage for people to get up and share personal stories from their lives. So they're not actors playing somebody else. Uh, they are telling something true that happened to them, but doing it on stage instead of, uh, you know, sitting next to you in the car. So it's a little, little more scary, perhaps, than telling a story to a friend, but ideally it has that same feeling, an intimate feeling of uh, sharing, sharing uh, a significant part of your life with others. And it's not scripted. It is not scripted, right. It's not a memorized thing, although I believe mo- most storytellers um, do have some kind of outline and know where the story begins and where it's going to end and, and the beats along the way. Um, and that is where this book comes in, where we kind of walk you through that. Everybody's been, everybody's heard a story that didn't seem to end, you know, or, <laughs> or seemed to start in an ambiguous place. So we're trying to um, help folks up their game in storytelling by considering all the elements and putting together something solid. You're helping to reduce the eye rolls? I hope so, yes. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) The book is How to Tell a Story. What's your connection with The Moth? What do you do? Well, I've worked at The Moth. We're celebrating our 25th anniversary, and I've worked there, or I've been involved for 22 years there, So, um, and I started as a volunteer. Um, as many, as almost all the people who work at the Moth started as volunteers there, um, and I think all of us fell in love with. We went to a show and saw five people get up on stage and and share a piece of themselves. It's sort of it feels like theater, but it's also documentary. And wow, somebody shared this thing that's so cool and it's real. It's their truth, true uh, thing that happened to them. So um, I fell in love with it then, and I have held almost. Every, I've done everything there from uh, licking stamps to um, and now I'm a director and I'm one of the hosts of the Moss Radio Hour, which goes out to 580 radio stations across the country. Um, I work with storytellers one-on-one, and I also oversee the Story Slam series, which is um, kind of the open mic Moss shows that happen in cities all over the country where we put out a theme, and anybody can come. We don't know what they're going to say, but they have five minutes to get up there and tell a story. And I assume that you have told some of these stories yourself? I have told some stories, but um, yes. And, uh, yeah, I think there's an irony in that. I, I'm i pretty scared of doing it. Mm. And yet I 
professionally talk others into doing it again and again, repeatedly. Um, but I will say from my own experience, it is, it's exhilarating and examining your life in, in a way that you would present to others. I, yeah, it really helps you see inside yourself. Um, every day something new happens to you, and we just sort of move forward and past things. Okay, that happened, that happened. But reflecting on, okay, that happened, but what did that mean? And how does that define who I am? And uh, what does this mean going forward? All those questions happen when you, when you craft a story. You think about the significance the book shows us how to tell a story, and, and that's what we all do all day long, all human beings. We're, we're telling stories, and uh, that's what we do on this radio show here. The, every time I interview an author, it's about them telling a story, whether it's the story that they wrote about in a book or it's their own personal story. We're, we're constantly telling stories, and we certainly can improve at doing it, can't we? Uh, strong beginnings, strong endings. Um, thinking of what what the um, the meaning of the story for you. What's the takeaway? Um, I think we're so hardwired to tell stories that we even tell story. Our subconscious tells stories when we're sleeping. Mm. This is we need stories. They're so vital to being to being human. And think about any anybody that you like or meet. Uh, this is how I've determined who my friends are. Like, I love that story. You know, when you meet somebody and later on you're telling other people, God, they told me this amazing story about something. Um, telling great stories. When's you friends? Mm. And uh, certainly anyone I've ever fallen in love with, it's, you know, they had some good stories. Can we go through some of the steps here and, and uh, just kind of scan over the process? Because it's, it's very well laid out and, and uh, very well explained. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, well, if I, uh, the, we have, the book is full of prompts, too, that kind of get you going, because, yeah, everybody has that feel like, well, what would I tell? I don't know. So there's a few things we suggest if I first was to get on the phone with somebody. Some of the easy questions would be, you know, what's, what's a story that um, people always ask you to tell? Maybe does your, does your wife ask you this? Does your best friend say, tell them that one, tell them that one? Because mm. um, those stories that are loved ones ask us to repeat. Those are our good ones. They don't ask you to repeat the, the duds, right? Um, so there's that. And when you meet a new friend, is there something you really want to tell? What, what are the greatest hits of you is one thing we like to say. Mm. And think about times in your life where you, uh, something changed profoundly for you. Although sometimes it's a small thing, too. Um, but where were the turning points? Uh, and if you start with those times, a new job, um, getting fired from a job could be, you know, the start of a new story. Any adventures, people like to tell stories of falling in love, um, vacations, those kind of outlier events that don't happen all the time. Those are very special moments. And then once you identify a story, it's great to, if you've identified a little, a little storyline there, um, what was your life like at that time? Who were you in this story? Mm. A story that I tell today about my life. Um, the same thing could have happened to me 30 years ago and today, but it would be a profoundly different story based on all the circumstances, where I was living, who my people were at the time, um, what, what neighborhood I was in. So all those details um, help tell the story 
and bring us right into it, those details. So it's fun to blow up everything that happened and then sort of choose, okay, out of all these things that happened in this time frame when I was 22 and had just taken a job, look at all those pieces and then choose the ones that um, are either the most fun, the most telling, or that you have the deepest connection with. We learn how to tell a story that maybe could be used on the moth, but these stories are things that we could use every day, and and you give a lot of helpful hints and advice as far as how to craft that story, how to build the story, how to try to keep it positive. We we don't want a story that's just all negative or a story that is is bad stuff about somebody else or or even the way we speak here on this program. We're very aware of how people speak because we have all these guests and we all have these idiosyncrasies. And, And when I got to the point in the book where you start talking about yeah, some of us say um a lot, or we say you know, and, and and these are really space fillers. And the importance of not doing that all the time, and, and maybe leaving a little silence, really, really hit me. And I've always believed in this. Yes, silence is so powerful. Just a little beat in between after you say something it gives the audience a moment to react. It also acts as a little highlighter. Say something, lay it down, and then don't say anything for a moment. Yeah, that, that really helps amplify it. Um, I fear that I have already demonstrated some of the ticks you talk about, Vic. So many of us have, have those. Um, and, yeah, it can be difficult. So that's a lot of people like to record themselves telling the story before they present it in front of folks, and then that helps you hear that so you can avoid it. Uh-huh. We, we all do it. No. Yes. Nobody's perfect. Occasionally, I'll listen to a recording of an interview, and I'll say to myself, holy smokes, this person speaks in complete sentences. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, that is, that is a unique talent. I agree. Uh, occasionally, I'll have something transcribed if I interview somebody, and yeah, I'm very disappointed that <laughs> the punctuation, there's a lot of dot, dot, dots in what I say. <laughs> we really don't notice our our own selves doing this stuff. A a lot of times, for instance, one thing that bugs me, and I know I do it, is when you start off your response to a question or or something by saying, so, or or you put in the word like as like a little bridge. And I find myself mirroring my guest. If my guest speaks that way, I start speaking that way. It's like if I'm down south, I'll pick up a southern accent. We kind of parrot the other person. Well, with the moth, you're speaking by yourself. There's no one interviewing you. It's just you and, and what is it, 10 minutes that they get? Yes, you have about 10 to 12 minutes for a main stage and five for a story slam, yes. So you really have to be concise. And just the other day, I had a guest on who just published a novel, and I'm sure it'll be a, a top 10 New York Times bestseller next week. And this guy's doing all this national media. He, he's been doing interviews for 30 years. And as I listened back to his interview, I didn't really notice it when I did the interview, but he kept saying, you know, you know, all the time. And sometimes we edit that stuff out because it really makes it sound a lot better, but sometimes you just can't do it. And and uh, do you edit any of the moth stuff? Do you, do you take out any of that stuff where you go, hmm, they, they keep saying, um. Yes, 
sometimes we do, but uh, but the, all of our stories first are presented to a live audience um, because we get the audience reaction. So the first time the person tells it, yeah, all the ums and ahs and you knows and uh ohs will be in there. But yeah, sometimes we take out some a few of those because it can become distracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I hope you're not going to leave with a New Jersey accent after today. No, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not Speaking really picking up from New Jersey. I'm not picking up the New Jersey accent very heavily. Oh, okay. So, I, well, I'll try. I'm, I'm holding back. I'm holding back. You're really from New Jersey? Yes, I'm from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Born and born and raised here. Okay. Well, I, uh, right outside of New York, so kind of a suburb like, of Manhattan. Fort Lee, or yeah, right around there. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Oh, you know it a little bit. My guest is uh, Jennifer Hickson, and we're talking about how to tell a story. The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from the Moth. I started interviewing authors back in the early 1990s, and one of my first guests was a guy who'd written a novel called The Juror. Oh, boy. And so I interviewed this guy, and uh, he was fascinating. I've had him on the show since, and when I had him on a few years ago for his book Ravens, I realized at that point that this was a guy who really had a lot to do with the creation of the moth. Uh, tell us about George. Yes, George Dawes Green, our founder. A f- gosh, what a great storyteller. A captivating storyteller, I'd say, on the page, but also live. He's uh, really beautiful, beautiful imagery, and he's just great if you're speaking with him in conversation. He's, I find him very captivating. Yes, the moth is, was George's idea, um, and he wanted to elevate the craft of storytelling, of raconteurship, as he calls it, uh, to an art form. And I hope that he's, he, he started it and he's been involved and he, he's, he still comes around and tells stories. I'm working on a story with him. He's going to be telling a story for, for uh, the Moss in, uh, in, on May 18th in Seattle. So I'm really excited. So I'm deep in it with George right now. Um, and it started with such a tiny idea of let's just give space to this form and let's not interrupt people okay let's nobody raise your hand and say oh that happened to me too as it happens you know when you're at a dinner party and you begin to tell a story and then someone butts in and wants to pass the gravy and someone else says oh wait tell me that part again or uh, interrupts um george well i don't want to speak exactly for him but said just give the person the floor let them go and yeah from his idea um i feel really so lucky to have been one of the people to carry it forth um there are a bunch of us who work there, uh, mostly women. The moth is mostly women. Um, George found some smart women along the way to help help bring his idea um, into fruition. And now 25 years, it's pretty, a pretty fantastic legacy for him. George uh, doesn't put out books very often, but I know he's got another one coming out finally this summer, and I'm hoping to have him back on the program. He tells a great story about the origins of the moth and the whole sense of of the moths fluttering about. I love this story. Can can you paraphrase that for us? Sure. Yes. That um, that well, he began tell. I'm not sure which one because you know George is a storyteller, so there's many many. All stories have many multiple possible beginnings. Um, you have to pick one, but one that I really love <laughs> that I believe he's told a lot is about this porch of his friend Wanda, uh-huh. um, where he would go outside and share stories. 
and um, there was a hole in the screen, and moths would come in through the screen and then be all fluttering around inside the porch. And they decided, let's call ourselves the moths. Let's do this again, because it was so fun, they found, when, they, when, their, uh, when their get-together was a little orchestrated or a little um, carefully planned out with space for everybody. Your turn, your turn. Um, yeah. And that was down in Georgia. Yes. And yep. he, St. He, Simon's Island. He's got that whole southern writer thing going on he, he sure does oh this next book looks good mm-hmm. i'm excited i've got an advanced copy which i should start reading any day now good. my my guest is jennifer hickson and we're talking about how to tell a story the essential guide to memorable storytelling from the moth and uh, the moth airs right here on wyso the moth radio hour every wednesday at 11 p.m and every saturday afternoon at two o'clock and uh, it's really a pleasure to have jennifer on the program to talk about the inner workings of the moth. Tell, tell us more about how the moth functions and how it's expanded and just what exactly you've been up to. Whew. Well, what started as uh, a few, maybe 12 main stage shows a year um, in New York City, then has gone all over the country. Um, we have shows and also Australia and uh, England, Ireland, um, have done shows, and we have regular shows that happen every month in uh, 26 cities across the, the, the country where we put out a theme, um, you know, rivalry or cars, and ask people, hey, bring a five-minute story based on this theme. We put all the people who want to tell the story, put their name in a hat, and we pull out ten of the names one at a time, and the people get up and share some piece of themselves, some little polished jewel of something that happened to them up on stage. Now, they're careful. To, they try to do a very good job because we have judges, not in a big formal way. The judges are chosen from the audience. It's kind of, you know, <laughs> democratic uh, getting up judges. And they, um, but the stories, there's a few rules. The story needs to be on time, so you should stay within your time limit. Mm-hmm. And timing is really great in stories, as we all know. But, yeah. 10-minute story we have, but, you know, a 25-minute story, it gets a little long. But at, at the Story Slams, they have just five minutes. Um, the story needs to be on theme, and it needs to be a story with a beginning, a middle, and an end, which one of our hosts always says, which sounds obvious, but we found it isn't. <laughs> some stories don't always seem to have an end or, or even a point. There's a, a difference between an anecdote and a story. An anecdote is kind of an amusing thing that happened, but doesn't necessarily have a significance in your life it's um it's just something you would share with somebody but a story moving an anecdote into a story means what did this mean to me uh how did this change me uh without putting any giant heavy everything has to be change and a a lesson you learned it's um but it is how how in the context of your life why is this story important to you this is The Book Nook. You're listening to 91.3 WYSO, sharing community voices through inspired storytelling. And uh, today, sharing the voice of Jennifer Hickson, who joins us on the telephone in New Jersey. She's a co-author of How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from the Moth. And you have all of these excerpts from stories in here. And I could not believe, I was amazed by the variety of voices that you have in here. And some of these people are actually kind of famous. We do have some famous people, yes. But I'm trying to think, who is that? Do you, are you thinking of someone specifically? Well, don't you, like, have astronauts on here? Oh, and, and, yes, Mike Massimino. <laughs> yes, we've had more than one astronaut, yes. <laughs> 
that's an incredible story. Yes, T- talk about stakes, but see, oh, that's a, that's a great example, actually. I'm glad you bring that one up, because here's a man who's been sent to outer space to fix the Hubble telescope. Okay, uh-huh. so uh, we already, all right, so there's some pretty big stakes here. There's some pretty big money. Story is centered. That almost is too big of a story for a ten-minute story. Uh-huh. Um, you know the, the intensity of that. Imagine the years of training, everything, uh, the precision. Um, so, but he gets up to the space. He gets up there, and he begins to. The first thing he has to do is unscrew a panel so he can get inside to fix the apparatus. And he strips the screw. So mm. now he's up in outer space. Uh, with a stripped screw, which which we all can relate to. This has happened to all of us as we try and disassemble our IKEA or whatever furniture we have. Or anything like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And he doesn't readily have the tools to fix that. And uh, yeah, you know, the screw was in there pretty tight because it was supposed to last for you know for many many years up there. So his story is based on that fun bit of challenge up there. He does, spoiler alert, he does uh, manage to fix the, the telescope. But those moments up there where he's in a panic that he won't be able to and all is for naught are really fun. Mm. Um, it makes you feel it, yeah. I've had a couple, well, I've actually had four astronauts on the show over the years, but I've had a couple who actually walked on the moon. And to be able uh. to, to hear someone describe what that was like, if, if you can't appreciate a story like that, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Right. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> My guest is Jennifer Hickson. Uh, Jennifer, what's the process of getting on the show? I know we have listeners out there who listen to the program here on WYSO, and they say, gosh, you know, I could tell a great story. Maybe I could get on the moth. Well, How would they do, do it? A, we have a pitch line, so, and we use it. Uh, many of our great stories are from our pitch line. And you can find that at themoth.org, um, where they'll ask you. But here's the thing. Before you call, think about your story, because uh, you, you're supposed to do it within two minutes, because we, uh, you know, we get many pitches, so we want to kind of listen to them. So a few tips on leaving a pitch. Don't, for the pitch, don't let it be uh, a cliffhanger. People sometimes will call and say, like, let me tell you, boy, this is a story. There's intrigue. There's greed. There's anger. Mm. There's joy at the end. Call me to hear the rest. You know, um, and we, we, don't, we can't always get there. So we want to really hear what happens in the story. And if, if it has a hook that we love or we love your personality, somebody will call you. They are all listened to, all the, all the, all the pitches. Um, so I would get to the, yeah, in the end of the book, we have a little section on the best way to pitch mm-hmm. um, to, keep those, to keep those coming because we have found quite a few of our amazing stories from people who heard it and decided to call in. Yeah. Once upon a time when I had a little more time, I used to help a literary review. They would get all these submissions and they needed readers to go through them and see if anything was promising. And they had a term for this stuff, these unsolicited submissions. They called it the slush pile. And yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that you have some sort of a, a term for these submissions coming in on the phone. Do you have some kind of a fun uh, term that you I, used? I don't know. I, I'm taking nominations. I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> no, but they're, I'm guessing whoever has to listen to the, these probably has some sort of a nickname for, for the... I bet they do. Well, we, it's, we kind of dole it out to a few people. Uh-huh. Um, do it. Chloe Salmon listens a lot, Meg Bowles and Jody Powell. And um, 
those are right now our listeners for the the pitch line. It's a it's it's a big job. It's a lot of listening, um, and to transcribe them and uh, see oh, what germ of this would be great. And also, we try to geolocate the the people because we go to cities. I'm going to Seattle at the, in the middle of the month, so I was looking for Seattle storytellers then. Or when I come to Ohio, I'll be calling you. You know. Okay. And you've just mentioned some of your co-conspirators on this project, How to Tell a Story. Uh, we've got a listing here. Besides you, Jennifer Hickson, we've got Meg Bowles, Catherine Burns, Kate Tellers, and it's Sarah Austin Janess. Yes. Okay. And, Those and- are the five main people, um, but we also have other people at our – so many people who we work with contribute, and they also help us with reading and refining. And actually, the way we wrote – we wrote this over Zoom together – Oh, during the pandemic, okay. five of us would get on every morning for a couple hours. Um, yeah, that was an intense process to write together. You have because... just segued into my next question. Oh, great. Were, were you finished with that response? Yes, yeah. Okay. Well, yes, my next sure. question was, how did the pandemic impact the moth and getting together in, in these auditoriums? What, what did you do in the meantime? Uh, in between... The, in, well, yeah, the pandemic, we tried desperately to figure out ways to bring storytelling to people, and we did some, some on Zoom. We had some shows on Zoom. But, boy, it really made us appreciate how much a live audience is just such a beautiful part of, mm. of receiving a story. Um, and tell, for the, both the teller and the listener, um, it's, there's nothing like getting together in a room full of people. Uh, when I, the first show that I did after the pandemic, which, I've, which I, it isn't after the pandemic yet, I know, but when things lessened a bit, so mm-hmm. we felt safe to do it. Um, it was a show in Detroit, and there were so many applause breaks. Just the audience was so delighted to be in a room and hearing things, and the, the, the clapping and the whooping and the hooting was really uh, turned up to 11. Uh, compared to other shows, um, I think people really miss being in a room together. There's an electricity that you you just can't recreate. The book is How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from the Moth. I've been speaking to one of the co-authors, Jennifer Hickson. She's joined us on the phone in New Jersey. And after reading the book, I was left with the impression that that is one of the really beautiful aspects of this whole endeavor, and that's that your audience's are wonderful and, and kind, and they're there because they want to hear a good story, and they're, they're not heckling these people. They're, they're receptive. They're responsive. They love it. They absolutely do, and ask anyone who has flubbed a little, a, a little bit on stage or seems to have lost their place. The audience, they'll wait for you patiently to get your next, to get your next thought coming, and um, and then if you don't have it right away, they'll someone will clap and say, "It's okay, you got this!" and yell out, "Yes!" Mm-hmm. And the audience, we have this feeling of everybody collectively leaning in to a story. Like we're all here, we're listening. I think it's a little easier for funny storytellers. They immediately feel affirmed by, "Okay, people, okay, I had a joke and people laughed. Yes, okay, good." And that feels great. And you can even see that in a nervous storyteller. That boom, they're already they. they they brighten up. Um, but for people who have more serious stories that don't have laughs, um, there is a wonderful leaning in feeling that people mention that uh, you can feel the people are with you and supporting you 
yeah, it's really a great feeling. It's, it means so much to people. And we, we also do work in, um, you know, underserved communities. And that is such lovely work because there's people who thought, I didn't think anybody cared about this. And um, I didn't think that my story mattered. And mm. when you see them on stage and everybody listening to them and receiving them, and yeah, it's very beautiful. Jennifer, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I, this was such a pleasure. And I want to get a story from you one of these days. Mm-hmm. You got something to pitch? I'm mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I need like an hour. Come on. I, I, was confident, <laughs> I was confident in my storytelling ability until I read your book, and now I know I need some serious work. Well, keep reading. Call me. Come on. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> my, my, my guest has been Jennifer Hickson, and the book is How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from the Moth, and the Moth Radio Hour airs right here on WYSO every Wednesday evening at 11 and every Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock for the Book Nook. I'm Vic McEwenis. <laughs>